What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Extra Point College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Carnes, joined as always by my co-host, Daniel Hammock. Daniel, first and foremost, we have a lot of college football to talk about, but go Braves. Go Braves, my friend. That was awesome. They just clinched the NL East for the fifth year in a row. And Jacob, I, this was the most satisfying of these five. To any Met fans watching, watching or listening, just wanted to show you that. Uh, if you're on YouTube, you can see my replica World Series ring. Just, hey, if you come for the Kings, better not miss. But, hey, only reason we mentioned that, it's funny, Stuart Mandel for The Athletic put on Twitter, he said, it's about this time of year I realize how many people that are in my feed that are Braves fans. Like, nothing quite unites college football Twitter like the Atlanta Braves, at least a big majority. It's probably the Southeast. You know, you and I are in the Southeast. You and I probably follow a lot of uh, SEC, at least based writers and stuff like that. But a lot of college football people that are Braves fans, man. Yeah, and it's, I think it's, it's uh, you know, it's a lot of these towns and places that may not have teams. You had the team of the 90s, obviously, with TBS. So all those towns <clears> – <throat> are, are going to be predispositioned to be Braves fans because of the TBS Superstation uh, broadcasting all the games. Uh, and then, yep. yeah, like you said, I mean, you know, the Southeast in general, not really having a whole lot of teams. They're not being huge fan bases for both the Florida Marlins or I guess Miami Marlins. Whoa, the throwback. The Miami Marlins or Tampa Bay Rays. So, uh, you know, both, both of those aren't extremely big markets. So you think about basically they have – the Braves have – a lockdown of the, you know, the Southeast portion of the, of the country. And I mean, that's where a majority of at least active college football fans are. So uh, it makes sense that there's a strong correlation um, there. Love it. Well, let's talk about some college football, Daniel. We're going to be picking seven games. We're going to talk, talking uh, TCU, Kansas, Tennessee, LSU, the Red River shootout. Uh, Utah, UCLA, Georgia, Auburn, Alabama, Texas A&M, NC State, Florida State. Uh, and you can follow along with all of these picks and pick with us at Run Your Pool. So you can search for us, The Extra Point. You can also find the link in the show notes down below uh, or on our social media at The Extra Point Pod on Facebook and Instagram. You can also find it at Daniel's Twitter account at The South Daniel, my Twitter account at Jacob Carnes with the K. You can find it everywhere. And our season winner for picks is going to be a guest on this podcast. And so the good thing is, if you missed last week, you're only four wins behind. So not a big gap to make up, long season to go. Uh, so pick games with us. We're picking it on here. I'm going through the app. You did it last week. I'm going to go through and click it while while we're talking about it right now, Daniel. So uh, that's what we're going to use to pick our games. Before we do get to those Seven games, Daniel. What's a game we're not talking about that you're excited to watch? I'm going to go with <clears throat> the battle of the GSUs. So Georgia State and Georgia Southern, um, every year they have a Southern not State and State not Southern battle where both of them battle for their uh, the right to, you know, the abbreviation GSU, even though on the Georgia Southern website it says – GS is their um, abbreviation. For some reason, it's still back and forth. So technically, both of them are GSU. Georgia Southern, Georgia State. It's a, I think it's a two point, two and a half point line um, in favor of Georgia State being the favorite. Uh, they're at home. 
so I look forward to that game. Um, I believe they're at home. Anyways, um, I look forward to that game just for in-state. I think it's cool. Uh, a lot of the fans of, of the, you know, the alumni, they're all back and forth now. I went to Kennesaw State, but I spent one year at Georgia State. And then, obviously, Preston, um, best friend growing up and, you know, uh, big listener to the show. He's a, a Georgia Southern Eagle. So what do we you know. want? <laughs> Eagle six. Shout <laughs> uh, to Preston, man. Uh, I'm going to pick two. So one almost made this list. And then we forgot about Red River because typically what I do is, Daniel, I look at all the top 25 games. Like, what are the best matchups? Because we want to talk about the best games on our podcast. We didn't forget about Red River. You okay. forgot about Red River. I, I brought it up. Red River. So this game got cut off of the chopping block. Arkansas and Mississippi State. Mississippi State, an eight-point favorite. I think that line's smelly. I think Arkansas could win outright still. I think the past couple of games, they shouldn't have lost to AM. They got killed by Alabama. They're reeling. We'll see. Uh, the other one I'll mention. I just lost it. Sorry. Is BYU Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Oh, home. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a three and a half point favorite. So Notre Dame unranked. I think we kind of forgot about Notre Dame after they lost to Marshall. And I mean, they started on, was it 0 3 or 0 2? 0 2. 0 2. Because they're 2 and 2 right now. Right. BYU coming in on the road. They're the highly ranked team, 16th. But Notre Dame's a three and a half point favorite. So that'll be a fun nightcap game. On Saturday night. All right, Daniel, let's get to talking about these seven games. First up, college game day, going to Lawrence, Kansas, to watch undefeated TCU and undefeated Kansas Jayhawks. Is this a matchup of the best two teams in the Big 12? They're atop the standings right now, but where are you going in Lawrence? Yeah, I like this. And, you know, you mentioned game days going there. This is their first time ever going there. This is one of those last few stops that they were trying to make to make sure that they've been to every, every uh, stadium um, in the FBS. Now I, um, after watching last week, I mean, you know, Kansas has continued to impress. Obviously they finally cracked the, uh, the extra point rankings as well as the AP rankings. So that's exciting. Um, TCU, the way they just manhandled Oklahoma last week, um, that gives me a lot of um, confidence in them going forward. I think that – I think TCU is one of the best two teams in the conference. I think TCU will be there at the end of the year. Kansas, I hate to keep doubting them. Uh, we talked about it on the recap show this past week um, about, you know, hey, Kansas really does start to kind of get a tough schedule here. Uh, the second half of their schedule is is where, you know, rubber meets the road as far as – um, you know, are they for real or, or will they kind of, you know, wither away at this point, they are for real being five and oh, that's way more than what we could have ever imagined for Kansas. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to watch this matchup. I think Kansas is going to come with some energy. Obviously they're at home. Um, but I am going to go with TCU. I'm going to lay the point six and a half. I think that a touchdown, if it was more than a touchdown, I actually would be taking, uh, Kansas. Cause I do think that they're going to be in this game and keep it close, but, it's under a touchdown. I do think that's the right number. That's right where TCU is going to win this game. Love it. So this line opened up at five. It's actually been bet up to seven. We got it at six and a half. So we're going to, we're going to stick with six and a half because that's what we got on run your pool where you can pick the games with us. So 
Six and a half, I think that's important. I'm with you. I'm taking TCU. Kansas has been a really fun story. And I don't think it's faulty either. Right. This team's legitimately good. This offense especially is legitimately good. Where I have concerns is on Kansas's defense. And they really haven't faced another good offense like, like they are. Uh, Kansas actually ranks first in the country in EPA per pass. They rank uh, fourth in the country in overall offensive EPA. TCU ranks second. So this is a battle of two really, really good, really efficient, really explosive offenses. Uh, but Kansas's defense is a little bit worse, and especially their pass defense. So this is a game where, again, if it's at six and a half and under a touchdown, I do think it's a close game. I do think Kansas is legitimately a good team, but I think the dam breaks here. I think TCU is just a little too good. Uh, they got some really good skill players on the outside. I think TC, I think this is a game in the 30s. So mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be like a 38, 31 kind of game. And thank God for that being it's a just classic a big under game. a touchdown. Yeah. Oh yeah. So this is gonna be a great, great matchup. Great way to start the day. Dude, these last two weeks have been so loaded. Like noon to midnight, just like loaded. So this is a noon game. Really excited to start the day off with with this game in Lawrence. And I know Candace is gonna show up for college game day. It's always cool to see the spots that haven't gotten it like really, really show out. So that'll be great to see for college football. But you and I both going with TCU to crash that party in Lawrence. But, hey, maybe Kansas will make us look dumb again. So <laughs> they've already done enough this season to make us look dumb on our uh, on our preview picks. All right. Next game, Daniel, Tennessee and LSU. The Tennessee Vols against your 10-2 and two LSU. LSU Tiger. I, I, you know, I feel like the last couple of years, like I handed – I passed LSU off to you. I'm like, you know what? Here's yeah. the torch. Carry it for me. I can't do it anymore. The burden's too heavy to bear. So where are you going to Death two, Valley? Yeah, I have not been on LSU until this year. So, uh, but again, 10 and 2 LSU, I believe in it. I do think that if this game was in Neyland, that Tennessee would be winning this game. That's how important this is. I think these two teams are close as far as comparable talent. I think that LSU, well, I say that, uh, Tennessee has more of a developed, uh, you know, skill players and all of this. I think that LSU just naturally has more talent on their roster um, over the over, over the grand scheme of everything. Them being two and a half point underdogs, I think they win this game and they're at home. So I am going LSU. Um, straight this, up. Yeah, straight up. They're going to win. They're going to win. It's at home. I think obviously it being at noon, which it's 11 o'clock local time uh, since the central time, um, it will be kind of a sleepy game. Uh, it might be an opportunity for Tennessee to come in there and try to get some big plays early. Um, I also have heard that it might, <laughs> it might just kind of backfire the other direction where all these LSU fans are just really upset that they didn't get to, you know, have their long day of tailgating. So they're going to be extra ornery in the crowd. So maybe maybe it kind of serves LSU well to have a noon kick. Um, but, yeah, I'm going LSU. I don't have to lay points. I get two and a half, but they're winning outright. What's the best pass offense that LSU has faced? Um, Probably Southern or uh, – I don't know. Uh, oh, oh, Mississippi State. They play Mississippi State. Fair. I didn't and think they, about that one. And they like, beat the crap they, out of Mississippi and they beat State. Them. So here's my worry for LSU. I went to this game thinking, you know what? It's in Death Valley. 
it is only two and a half points. This is where it's tough. Is I think Tennessee's the better team. Thought they were the better team in the preseason. I still think they're, better, they're the better team now. It took Auburn having four turnovers last week. Like, and LSU could not put them away. You know, Auburn had a 93% post-game win expectancy against LSU last week. 93%. That is like, if you play that game over using the same stats 100 times, Auburn wins 93 of them. That's all that means for post-game win expectancy. I just think it's going to catch up to LSU this week. Tennessee's a really good team. This is an offense that's not going to sputter. And so if you make the mistakes you've made, Tennessee will make you pay. And so I'm going Tennessee, especially it being only two and a half. It's, you're basically picking a winner here because if I'm picking Tennessee to win, they're probably going to win by at least three points. So I think Tennessee wins this game, lay the points, give the balls. Are you concerned at all? I didn't bring this up. I was thinking you were going to mention it. Are you concerned at all of a look-ahead spot for Tennessee with next week being against Alabama? No. I was saying I'm, I'm picking to lay the points, so I'll say no. But uh, this team seems focused. I mean, okay. they, they, they seem focused. I think Heifel's got them in the right mindset. I think this offense is too good not to sputter. I think the defense could sputter. I don't know if LSU can keep up. So Fair. how's Jaden Daniels' health? That's the – They don't need him. They Garrett Nesmeyer. All right. So you're going LSU. No surprise there. I'm going Tennessee. No surprise there. All right. Let's go to the Red River Shootout, as it should always be called. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma. This is an unranked matchup. We look back to last year's heartbreaker. Texas gets out to a big lead, blows this game, derails their season. Uh, Sark back for year two. Venables in year one, his first year of this rivalry. So where are you going in Dallas at the Texas State Fair, Daniel? Is Texas back? Well, we don't have to worry about Texas being back, but is Quinn Ewers back? That's my is question. Quinn Ewers back. I've been looking. It, he's been targeting this game as his comeback. Even if he doesn't play, I think Texas dominates line of scrimmage on both sides. I think that they would – I think offensively against Oklahoma's defense, I think they match up extremely well. And I think they're going to consistently put the ball in the end zone, not just – move it, but they're going to put it in the end zone. I have Texas winning by two touchdowns over Oklahoma. I do know that there's, you know, the whole psychology of this game. And, you know, last year kind of there being some, maybe some, you know, bad juju from being up so big on it on the game last year and then coming back and losing. But most of those players are playing for USC now that coaches it with USC now. So, Completely new staff, you know, as far as Oklahoma is concerned. So, give me Texas. I'm laying the six and a half points. Uh, I like that's under a touchdown. It gives me comfortability. I think they're deaf. I feel very confident Texas wins by a touchdown based on, like I said, line of scrimmage both sides of the ball. Specifically, though, I do think that Texas wins by two touchdowns. So, this is a principal play for me. I'll say the play first, and I'll explain. Uh, Oklahoma plus the points. I think Texas is the better team. I think Texas could dominate. I think Texas, when yours is healthy, is the best team in the Big 12. Uh, in the last nine matchups, seven have been one-possession games, and the other two were no more than 12 points. So if I'm getting points, especially six and a half. I'm going to play the close game in the Cotton Bowl card. And this principle, I'm taking points. I think Texas is the better team. I think they win. Uh, I do have a question about yours' health. I think if he does play, is he 100%? Um, two, 
even if Carr plays, he's not playing at 100%. So that worries me. I do think Texas is good enough, even if Carr plays, like you said, to go out one by two touchdowns. I just think it's Red River and principal play. I'm taking points. So taking Oklahoma, not because I like Oklahoma, but because I like the principal of the rivalry. You mean Choklahoma? They're going to choke. Shout out to all the Oklahoma fans who uh, said it would be better without Lincoln. So, shout out. It is your one. It is your one. I will evaluate harshly next year, though. Oh, yeah. It's just, you know, you, you saw him on Twitter. Just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Venables in year one, you know. Nobody, yeah. Uh, Defense was, right. yeah. Anyways. Big game in the Pac-12. Utah, UCLA. Both teams undefeated going into this game. Are these the best two teams in the Pac-12? USC might have something to say about that, and Oregon too. We'll see. Uh, but big, big game with Pac-12 championship. Implic- excuse me, Utah's not undefeated. I don't know why I said they're undefeated. They lost game one to Florida. Yep. UCLA's undefeated. <laughs> uh, both undefeated in Pac-12 play. Everything in front of them. Very, very big game. Uh, where are you going in the Rose Bowl? Will there be fans in the Rose Bowl? There'll be some. Not many. <clears throat> but I do – I think that this is a – it's tough. I don't know if I would say that this is the matchup of the best two teams, maybe the most physical two teams in the Pac-12. I like what I see from both uh, so far this year. Um, I I like both quarterbacks in this matchup. Cam Rising, obviously, uh, multi-year starter. uh, DTR for UCLA. I think he's been starting since, what, like the Reagan administration. It's been a very long time there. Uh, No, but a four-year starter under Chip Kelly, I think that that's very important um, for how Chip Kelly likes to run his offense. And he's like the quintessential Chip Kelly quarterback with his wheels, his decision-making. He's gotten more accurate as the years have gone on. Um, He seems very comfortable with everything. Uh, You see my lean. I am taking UCLA. It's mostly because of the points. I think that Utah is probably the better team. Utah probably has enough to edge them out of the end, but it is four and a hook. So I'm just going to go ahead and, and take them out of out of principle. I think these teams are close enough where a home team with four and a half points um, who may win this game outright, that's enough stacked on UCLA's side for me to say, give me the Bruins. I'm just going to take them. They should be able to at least hang at a minimum, but potentially win this game. Love it. Uh, I'm also taking UCLA plus the points. Uh, I think this is a very evenly matched game. I think either team could win. I'm looking at both. I'm looking at shout out Stats of War on Twitter, our friend Parker. Parker. Uh, for this show, uh, his advanced stat previews are excellent. I use them every week in prepping for the show. So that's a good, easy way to see stats lined up, offense versus defense, and so on. Uh, a lot of blue, which is, which is a good thing on the sheet for both teams. These are two very, very good football teams. If you're looking at holes, I'm looking at third and fourth down success rate and given up by UCLA. That's a hole. And then for uh, Utah, their defense, it's their first and second down success rate <laughs> where they're, they're giving up big plays. So I think if I'm picking there, I think UCLA wins this game outright. Um I think that their early down success could be the difference in this game if they're staying ahead of the chains uh, and they won't have to worry about getting in third and fourth down. So um, I like UCLA to win this game straight up, so I will take the points. I think UCLA might be the better team, 
on Saturday. <laughs> so I will take the point with UCLA. All right. The Deep South's oldest rivalry, Auburn and Georgia. This game being played in Athens, Georgia, coming off of a struggle win against Missouri, uh, where it looked like for a little while they might lose on Saturday night. Number one team in the country. They lose that ranking. They dropped number two in the AP poll and the coaches. Auburn comes to town, like I talked about, after a 93% post-game win expectancy against LSU. Still, you know, all the rumors running Harson. Is he done? Is he a dead man walking? All that stuff that Auburn's carrying in. But the team showed up to play on Saturday. Uh, kind of. They should have beaten LSU, though. But where are you going in Athens? Um, so I do think Georgia will win this game uh, just based on the fact that it's at home and they've been taking care of Auburn for the better part of, you know, a decade and a half now. Um, this rivalry has largely been, um, you know, Georgia – Winning, you can usually pick out the couple times that Auburn has won based on Auburn having a spectacular season those years. Uh, so I do think that that part I'm not really having a question over. Uh, the issue is, Jacob, is we've seen Georgia, it seemed like they've e either been toying with their opponent or have been struggling with their opponent the last two weeks. Now, uh, the Kent State game, I, I do think that you can kind of explain that one away a little bit as far as the turnovers go and as far as the, uh, you know, they, they, they were in control. If you look at you look at all the metrics, all the stats, everything like that this week um, against or this past week, excuse me, against Missouri, um, they just started very slow and it was on the road. I think the best medicine for that is coming home. So I do think Georgia is going to be in the friendly confines. They're going to feel uh, comfortable in Sanford. Um, this is a 29 and a half point spread. It's very, <laughs> after these past two weeks, I was surprised to see it that large, but if the last two weeks had gone kind of how the first few weeks had gone, this is where you'd expect this line to be maybe even, you know, 30 plus, you know, more than, more than 30 points. Um, I'm going to go with Georgia. I'm going to lay these points. Uh, the reason is I think that they're going to get challenged big time this week uh, on the offensive line uh, to really, uh, you know, go after this this Auburn defensive line. Um, Auburn's defensive line, I think, will be a, a, a really good challenge after this last week against Missouri. I think that Georgia kind of realized some holes that they have. I think they're going to tighten it up. Um, I think Stetson, you know, he played a great game uh, in the second half when they needed it, uh, and they kind of took over the end of that game. Um, he ended up having over 300 yards passing. He threw the ball a lot uh, for what Jordan. I don't think, I think you mentioned it last, uh, maybe on the recap show, Jacob Stetson has only had over 40 passes in a game once. And it was against Alabama in the SEC championship last year in the game they lost. So uh, it kind of looked like they were going to lose that game. Anyways, he, I think he needs to get some of his outside weapons back healthy I think some of those guys are coming back healthy. Um, and then, I mean, if I'm just having a pick based on the best player in this game, it's Brock Bowers. And I think Brock Bowers is going to be a handful for Auburn. Um, I don't think that they have the personnel to deal with him. Um, and so I do think that they'll be bailed – Georgia will be bailed out of any uh, tough situation that Auburn does put them in by Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, just like they were last week. Um Georgia also, you flip that on the other side of the ball. Georgia defense being at home is a very big deal. 
this young defense who is gaining, you know, uh, strength every single week. But uh, I think as far as assignments go, as far as crowd being into it, uh, they're going to really benefit this week from having Auburn, you know, in Athens. So uh, anyways, long, long winded answer, but give me Georgia lay the 29 and a half. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm going to lay the 29 and a half. Uh, a couple of reasons. One, Vegas laid this number out there and didn't blink. A lot of money came out on Auburn for the last two performances. You know what Vegas did? Didn't move the line. They just said, okay, we're not blinking. So that tells me the people who get paid to do this are pretty confident George is going to come out here and lay a, lay a performance like they should. Uh, so, I mean – I don't want to waste time talking about if Georgia's going to beat Auburn. They're going to beat Auburn. I think the reason they're going to lay the points here is, one, the worst thing you can do if you're playing a Kirby Smart defense is be one-dimensional. And Auburn is one-dimensional. They cannot throw the ball. If last week is any indication, they, they cannot throw the ball. Specifically and to wide receivers. They can throw it to DBs just fine. Well, uh, I was going to say Samuel Shanker, <laughs> the tight end, is pretty good. Um, but they're t- they they – don't have anything out wide anyways bad matchup can be one-dimensional two if you're one-dimensional and you can't pass the ball and you get down early which i think is what's going to happen in this game then then you're forcing the ball and that's when you know it's only 14 nothing but you throw a pick six and like you get a strip sack and all of a sudden it's just like the game breaks open and next thing you know george is laying the 30 and so I think Georgia wins. I think they win big. I think this I think this is the game that I'll bet on it as last time and say, you know, I said after the Kent State win last week, I picked Georgia to lay the points last week. I think this is that after the last two weeks, they need to get right performance. And a team like Georgia has a get right performance in them. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the week we see it. Uh, in a rivalry game, in a conference game, at home, 3.30 kick, big recruiting weekend. This game matters to Georgia, so I'm going to lay the points with Georgia in the Deep South's oldest rivalry. All right. Big game. Everyone hyped it up in the offseason because Nick and Jimbo said some words irrelevant. They're not playing the game on Saturday. Uh, Alabama and Texas A&M in Tuscaloosa. Alabama, 24-and-a-half-point favorites. Where are you going, Tuscaloosa? It's a phenomenal line because yeah. I really think that 24, I feel really confident Alabama is going to win by 24. So let's talk about last year. Obviously, Texas A&M pulling the stunning win over Alabama. You know, we have that rule for Nick Saban that he doesn't lose to the same team two years in a row. He so you can go ahead and play that card. Alabama is going to win this game going away, regardless of if Bryce Young plays or not. Um if, if they're rolling the whole game with Jalen Milrow, I think they're going to have enough in there to do it. Now, that being said, this whole offseason thing, while I do think that it's not a big deal from a, you know, the players weren't involved, it was the coaches, I think that there's a certain amount of Nick Saban wasn't saying something to actually get out at Texas A&M and – Jimbo kind of made a big deal of it and kind of hinted at maybe some skeletons in, in Saban's closet in the past. Um, not that this one game would, you know, silence that, but I just think 
when we're talking about covering, that's what's important. So you and I both said, we, I think that Alabama is going to win this game kind of going away. Uh, the cover is important. 24 and a half. Do they, you know, have enough at the end to force that last touchdown in or to hold the team and block the kick, whatever it is to keep Texas A&M out. I think that there's going to be enough juice where Saban is not necessarily going to call the dogs off. I don't think he's going to necessarily go in and try to rub anything in. I don't think they're going to be any sort of uh, an edge where they're going to try to do any sort of trick play or anything silly like that. But as far as covering the game, I think that, you know, if it's a last, you know, a last drive touchdown where they punch it in after running a four minute offense, I think they're going to do it. I don't think they're going to be worried about it. Um, this, this running game is elite. Uh, like we've said multiple times, um, I think that, you know, uh, Jameer Gibbs and Jace McClellan are but two of, if not the two best backs in the SEC. I mean, I think the country as well. Um, and so you add those with, if Jalen Milrow is the guy, that's a dynamic running game. Um, and I think these offensive linemen are ready for run blocking um, more so than pass blocking. So give me the tide, lay the 24 and a half. I'm with you. a and reeling. And I, I'm with you. I really went back and forth here because I'm like, all right. Oh, and we're fading A&M. I forgot. So play, I'm man. also fade fading a and Yeah. Fade A&M. Bama. I was, I was doing the math here. I was like, okay, if Bama drops 41 on this defense, like what's 41 minus 24? I'm like 17. I'm like, do I think Texas A&M is going to score 17 points against Alabama? I don't think so. <laughs> so I'm like, all I need to do is score less than 17. So 41-14 gets me a cover. That sounds like how this game's going to go. Uh, Bad news for college football fans. Alabama is getting better. Well, unless you're an Alabama fan, that'd be really good news. Yeah, uh, they're finding guys at receiver. Uh, I talked about preseason, Daniel uh, Jojo Earl, who mm-hmm. I thought was going to be the dude in that room. Had um, a siding last week. Had a siding last week. He is fast. Yeah. Isaiah Bond, true freshman, will take the top off the defense. Kobe Prentice, freshman. We'll take the top of a defense. So they're finally getting some guys who are getting separation. It's just not where you thought it was going to come from. And the Bama offense is getting better. Is Bryce Young going to play? I'll be honest. I don't think it matters because I think they could run the zone read with Jameer Gibbs and Jalen Milrow for four quarters and probably still win this game 41 to 14. So yeah. lay the points at Alabama and also fade Texas A&M. Fade A&M. Everybody's going to be going to bed early. This is the 8 o'clock game on CBS, and it's – We're going to be doing the recap show at 9.30. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, all right, last game, Daniel. Big game in the ACC. Time to play another game of who's the second-best team in the ACC. We had a good matchup last week with Florida State and Wake Forest. Florida State showing up again against NC State. So a little round-robin between these, these three teams. Uh, incoming second game of this round robin, Florida State. Wait, who's at home? I just lost this. Yeah, NC State's at home. NC Florida State's State on the road, yeah. going to Raleigh to play NC State. Both teams coming off of tough losses in conference. So who bounces back from their loss first? Where are you going in Raleigh? Yeah, I was going to say if we're playing for who's second, then Wake Forest should be in it because they're second best after last week. This is the losers bracket, but. Hey, they're playing for third, I think, with these two, with these two, uh, 
these two teams. Um, I do think that being at home is going to make a difference for NC State. Um, I, I have to think that the air got let out a little bit last week, it losing in dominating fashion to Clemson. Um, I don't think that they felt like they had a shot once the game really got started. Um, I think that I think Florida State is winning this game outright. They get three and a half points. They're on the road. Um, but I don't think I, I don't trust NC State's offense to do enough against Florida State. And I think Florida State has, I think they've grown enough um, to be able to, to go on the road and, and win a game like this. I, I like Florida State. Um, I do think it'll, it'll be close. And, you know, at, at worst, I'm, I'm taking the point. So at worst, Florida State loses a close game. But I think, I think Florida State edges them out. I wouldn't be surprised to see a three-point win, Florida State. I think it's going to be – this might be one of the best games of the day because of how close it's going to be. I think you're going to have lead changes back and forth. I think it's going to be something like that. It's not going to be – I think it's going to be heavily dramatic into the fourth quarter. Yeah, when – when Bama Texas was over in the first quarter, you can flip over to this game. Exactly. Watch it. Uh, I'm going to go NC State here. I think three and a half is important. I think this could be like a four point win. Uh, kind of what you're saying. I think it's. Gonna be, I do think it's going to be a close game. The hole that I see on this team, or it is in this game in general, is Florida State's defense. I think is the weakest unit on the field, and I like especially to their passing defense, Daniel, where. You know, they were in success rate allowed. They're 108th in the country with their pass defense. And I'm sitting here going, you know, who's the best, the best passing offense they faced? And it was probably LSU in game one. And, like, they didn't – Jaden Daniels is, like, looking at one guy and taking off running. <laughs> uh, I think the NC State could expose uh, – I don't think they had the DBs to hang with NC State's wide receivers, whereas Clemson did last week. And so – Clemson kind of allowed no separation, shut down the run up front, and then would just say good luck to NC State. And pretty pretty dominating performance, holding that that offense back. I don't think Florida State is capable of that. Similar to a point you made with uh, with Tennessee, Florida State's got Clemson next week too. So you talk mm-hmm. about just a tough three-game stretch to go. Honestly, the three best teams in the ACC back-to-back-to-back with Wake, NC State, and Clemson, I right. think is just tough on your schedule. So uh, I hope it's a close game rooting for them because I'd love for them to go into that Clemson game with some heat. I'd love for that to be like a very hype game. I think it will be regardless, but uh, I do think NC state wins this game. I will, and I think they won by at least three and a half. So I'll lay the points with NC state. All right. That'll do it for our seven games. Be sure to pick the same games with us on run your pool. You can find that link. And you can follow us on social media at the Extra Point Pod on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow him on Twitter at Deep South Daniel. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Carnes with a K. And that will do it for this edition of the Extra Point. He is Daniel. I'm Jacob. See you.